Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Uh, next on the line is Cedric Silanku from he's the priest from the South African Medical Association Trade Union Samatu. Uh, good afternoon to you, Cedric, and thank you for joining us. Afternoon, afternoon, and uh, um, thank you for for inviting. Have so, I have I got that correct? You're from the South African Medical Association Trade Union, Samatu Cedric. <laughs> That's correct, and the General Secretary of uh, the South African Medical Association Trade Union, the Doctors' Union. Excellent. I've got that right, and I've got your pronunciation right. Again, thank you for joining us at such short notice. Uh, Cedric, we're looking at the march. This is, there was a march that took place uh, last uh, Thursday. That was the 26th of January. Regarding unemployed doctors who cannot be absorbed into the health sector. Okay, so how did the march go, and what was achieved? How did it go? Thank you very much. Uh, the, the, the march went uh, very well. It was a resounding success. You recall that it was a national day of action. Uh, it was held in three provinces. It's KZN, Eastern Cape, and Gauteng. Okay. Gauteng was the main march, the national march, where in the surrounding provinces, meaning Mpumalanga, Limpopo, Free State, Northwest, would come into Gauteng, and then we marched from there in Pretoria to the minister's office. Right. Where we were received by the minister, we delivered the memorandum, and uh, we had good commitment to the extent that uh, this matter is indeed serious. Uh, Mr. confirmed that uh, this is a very serious issue and that uh, it would be attended to immediately. So we are having a planned uh, meeting uh, with the minister before the 7th of, um, of February, wherein uh, largely we expect and anticipate that uh, our demands would have by then uh, largely um, uh, responded to, which is uh, mainly the more than 1,000 unemployed doctors. We need them placed uh, within uh, two weeks from the date of delivering the memorandum. Right. I was going to come to that. Uh, 1,000 newly qualified medics who just can't find work. Uh, what about uh, secondment and uh, internships? Uh, are, are we looking into such pro- uh, such uh, programs also? <clears throat> yeah. So in terms of um, the... Um, medical practitioner uh, space and how we, we qualify to be independent practitioners. Right. You've got to get your medical degree so you graduate from university. Right. And then from there, there's two years of statutory internship, which is uh, uh, run and uh, coordinated by the Department of Health. You get placed in the qualifying and accredited institutions of the country. Right. So for those 24 months, you, you, you almost are guaranteed employment. You have to be placed because it's a statutory obligation. Right. And then further to that, there's another 12 months, which is called community service, which is, again, a statutory year where the, the department must place you. So okay. those three years is exactly what has happened. Those doctors have been through their internship, have been through their community service, so they've complied with all statutory requirements to then register as independent practitioners. Now, they are registered as independent practitioners, but there's no employment beyond that. So the outcry was the fact that there is serious need of doctors, especially in the public health care system. So it can't be that these doctors, when they are fully qualified, they then feel at home. Cedric, um, okay, so you've spoken about the public health care system. Now, what is your approach with the public, with the private, sorry, the private sector? Uh, what, what, what has been your approach regarding that? What response have you had from that part of the world? Look, you'd recall that... Um one would say we've got a two-tier system, as you're putting it, uh, the public and the private, but uh, invariably more than 
Ninety percent of our population rely on the public health care system. Right? The private health care system is obviously for those who can afford, those who are on medical aid, and those who've got uh, enough resources to be able to okay, afford uh, certainly. private health care. Right. Now, 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 the, that sector is being serviced quite adequately. We know that there's quite a serious imbalance of resources in this country where they are heavily skewed towards the private health care sector. It is the, it is the public health care sector that's struggling. Remember, we have people who are on 350 rand grants. Right. And that they, they, they rely on that to even buy food and to survive. There's no way they'll be able to afford a 700 rand consultation at a doctor's room. So it's that population that we are advocating for. It's the poor and marginalized of this kind, which in fact is 90% of the population. Certainly, but at the same time, uh, you want, you don't want your doctors to sit around and do, and do nothing. I'm not dispelling or disputing what you've just said, but uh, the focus is also on the doctors to get them employed. And what I'm just asking, uh, has the private sector at least come on board to assist with this, with initiatives, with, um, with, uh, seconding, or rather, uh, shall we say, uh, internships, as I mentioned earlier on? Yeah, internship is, uh, strictly, uh, you know, uh, conducted or, or performed or, or, or undergone through the public healthcare facilities. Those are the facilities that are created by the HPCSA. So unfortunately, at this stage in this country, we don't have, uh, internship being done in private okay. institutions. The same, the same thing with the medical uh, training. Right. Where it's done through the public facilities. It's not done through any of your private uh, institutions. So that, that's just the legislated, uh, you know, approach of how things are as it stands. Cedric, what about, uh, international assistance intervention? You know, we hear these stories of Cuban doctors coming here. Why can't our doctors go there or elsewhere? Countries of solidarity with South Africa. Um, are you looking into that part of the world to at least absorb some of these doctors to at least, you know, give, get them work and get them experience and, and keep them going? Yeah, look, I mean, to be honest with you, that, that, that whilst doctors, especially once they are fully qualified and independent, right. uh, are able to work, especially for getting trained doctors, they are warmly received in all parts of the world. You know, they go to the UK, they go to Australia, you name it. Uh, and, and, and in fact, we do see a lot of brain drain, uh, you know, happening at, at, at this stage because doctors are not finding employment. But we're saying that is simply not a deal because we need the doctors here. If you look at our doctor-patient ratio uh, or doctor-population ratio, right. it, it, it's quite, uh, you know, it's terrible. So we, we want to retain uh, our very qualified, very skilled doctors as much as possible. Hence, we would want as first price would want to ensure that we find them employment here so that they can serve our community. Okay, certainly you're going to have to campaign. If you, as you say, the, the brain drain and whatever is certainly more attractive conditions there. Certainly you'll need a bit more, uh, con- uh, well, attractive conditions here too to attract them to stay. And of course service, Absolutely. you know, the, those that are, who are in need. But, uh, Cedric, we, we are looking forward to unpacking this a bit more, but unfortunately we don't have any time left, uh, to discuss this any further. But thank you so much for making the time to join us at such short notice, uh, this afternoon. And, uh, as I've said to my previous guests, well, we still the end of the first month of the year, so we can still say everything of the best in all your endeavors for 2023.